Okay, our, our reading tonight is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 to 18. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 to 18. The old way, with laws etched in stone, led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way, now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writing, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is a spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into glorious image. Amen. Now, as we begin tonight looking Second Corinthians chapter 3, I just want to ask you a question. And the question is, what is your favorite hymn or worship song? Okay? So what is your favorite hymn or worship song? So, so give, me a, give me a few. Shout them out. Ancient words. Ancient words. Okay, ancient words. Pleased to say we're singing ancient words at an evening service at some point, aren't we? We've got it down. We have it down. Okay, I'm, Okay, amazing grace, my chains are gone. Sorry, Margaret, on you go. In Christ alone. Okay, one of my favorites probably. And can it be, which we sung this morning, great hymn, okay. 10,000 reasons, okay. Anyone else? There is a green hill far away. There is a green hill far away. Okay, anyone else want to share? Organist, no? Lord's my shepherd. Crimmoned only. Okay, brilliant, good choice. Okay. Now, 
we've all got our favorite hymns, haven't we? Or our favorite worship songs. And there are reasons for uh, the songs that we have. And sometimes, or the songs that we like. Sometimes it's because of the words. Sometimes it is the deep theology. Uh, or the message that the, the song conveys. Or maybe, you know, you've gone through an experience in your life. And, you, you know, a song just connects with you. You know, sometimes we, we feel that, don't we? And sometimes it's just the mixture of the, the words and the music, and you really like it. Because there's some songs that, you know, have brilliant words, but tune, bit of a dirge, you know. And there's other ones where it's, you know, a brilliant song, brilliant tune, but the words are a bit, mm, I don't like them so much. Sometimes, sometimes it's the mix. Sometimes it's because of an occasion, isn't it? Or a memory. Sometimes we like certain uh, songs or hymns because you had them for your wedding day or the day you joined the church, or a song that was significant when you, you came to the Lord uh, in the first place. We all have our favorites. And even though I don't think we had any overlap tonight, which was interesting, okay, uh, I'm sure we would, you know, there would be some overlap, but we're all individuals, aren't we? And we like different songs because we're all different. Now, of course, as well as having our, our favorite hymns, there are also hymns that perhaps we don't like so much. Is that true? No, says Sean. Yeah, that is not true. Okay. There are certain songs that don't resonate for various reasons. Now, I try not to, to let on which are my favorite hymns or favorite worship songs, uh, although you could probably... Uh, there used to be in Overton, someone used to write out all the hymns every week. Okay? And you could see how often you picked certain hymns. So you kind of knew, you know, it was kind of obvious which uh, hymns were your, your favorites. So if you've been around the church for a while, you'll know what my favorites are, probably. But I want to share with you a couple of songs which are not my favorites. All right? Okay? Because we have certain songs we don't particularly like. And I'm sorry if this disappoints you. Okay? Some people might love these songs. But these are not ones that are my favorites, all right? Now, the first one I'm going to share with you is Lord of the Dance. Lord of the Dance. That is a terrible song, okay? <laughs> now, some people love it as a hymn. But I think for me, the kind of mixture of a cheesy tune mixed with the fact that we sung it constantly at the school I was in Plus the fact I have no idea what the words mean. If someone can ever, if you like that song, come and explain the words to me. Because I have no idea what it's on about. All right? And I can't honestly say if we've ever sung it here in the church in West Kilbride. Okay? So, there you go. Okay. Now, the second song that I, I don't like... Uh, I like it slightly better than Lord of the Dance, okay, but it's not one of my favorites. And it is One More Step Along the World I Go. Oh, don't give me pelters, right? Okay. Now, I can't quite put my finger on why I don't like it. Again, I sung it at school. Maybe I didn't like school very much. Maybe that was it. Again, maybe it's a, it's a bit of a cheesy tune. But I always remember when I was training to be a minister up in Aberdeen, and uh, I was in my placement church, and it was the last Sunday that I was there. Been there uh, for six months, and uh, they announced that there was going to be a special treat, and they gave me a presentation, they gave me a nice card, and they gave me a cake. 
And as a special treat, the choir were going to sing a certain song. And you've guessed what song it is. It was One More Step. I just had a little giggle inside at that time. So clearly I've not liked that song for an awfully long time because that was 20 years ago. Now, unlike Lord of the Dance, One More Step at least has some of the words that I understand. Because in the song it says, it's from the old I travel to the? Keep me traveling along with? Okay, I get it. I understand it. Now, tonight's passage is all about the old on one hand and the new on the other. You see, what you have to realize is that in the early church, it was difficult to work out what should be kept from the old days. So you remember that the Jews had all these laws and regulations, and they had the temple, they had the priesthood, and then Jesus comes, and then Jesus dies on the cross, and then he's risen on the third day, and then the disciples are all together, the Holy Spirit comes down, and things completely change. Remember, on Pentecost Sunday, 3,000 people are baptized, and there's a difference. Suddenly, there are these people who are being called Christians, and yet there's those that are still following the old way. And so, it's difficult in the early church to, to work out, well, what is the difference that Jesus makes? And that's really what we find here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And Paul spells it out in our reading about what the new covenant, the new promise is all about. Now, Paul begins by showing that there was value in the old. There was value in the old covenant. Now, what do we mean by the old covenant? Well, what we're referring to is the time before Jesus, the time when the people of God lived by following the law of Moses. Now, the reality was that the people couldn't keep this covenant. Whilst God was faithful, what do we find all throughout the Old Testament? The people were faithless because none of them could keep the law perfectly. But what Paul wants to point out here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is that even this old covenant, this old way, the way of the law, was glorious. Because if you know the story, you'll remember that when the Israelites were in the desert, that Moses went up the mountain, he went up Mount Sinai, and he received the law from God. And when he came down from meeting with God, his face was so radiant that he had to wear a veil because he was dazzling those who looked upon him. He was so radiant in that way because he'd been in the presence of God. And so Moses' face shone with the glory of God. But note that it was a glory that was fading away. It's a bit like when you've been away on holiday and you get a tan and you come back to Good old West Kilbride, and a few weeks later, the tans faded away, hasn't it? This was a glory that was fading away. And yes, Moses wore a veil, but the reality was the glory was fading. It wasn't a glory that lasted. Because the reality is that the old covenant was one that didn't bring life, it brought death. That's what it says in verse 7. 
2 Corinthians 3. It brings death because no one can live up to the demands of the law. Now, what Paul wants to point out is that in contrast to this, there is a new way. The new covenant that Jesus brings is far more glorious. Because whilst the covenant that Moses brings can only bring death, the new way that Jesus brings brings life. And it's far more glorious. Now, for those of us here tonight who trust in Jesus, we know this to be true, don't we? Yes, we do. We know it to be true. We know that when we believe and trust in Jesus, that He is a sinless Savior. We know that He pays the price for our sin. And we know that when we believe in Him, then we are given the promised Holy Spirit, the one who brings life and hope and glory. And this new covenant has a glory that will never fade. It will last forever. That's quite a thought, isn't it? Moses coming down off the mountain, his face is all radiant. It's fading away because death was coming. But this new covenant has a glory that will never fade. It will last forever. Now, I want you to ponder for a moment is the glory of what Jesus has done and the wonder of being a believer in Jesus. You see, the old covenant was glorious, but what Jesus has brought us is far more glorious, and it will never pass away. I wonder if you remember the old washing powder adverts. Do you remember them? You used to get in the television for Ariel, or Bold, or Daz, or my personal favorite, Radion. Do you remember Radion? Do you still sell Radion? I've got no idea. Early 90s, all right? It was the one in the orange box. Anyway, in those old adverts, they always wanted to show you, didn't they, that their particular brand of washing powder was the most effective, that it gave the the brightest whites. Do you remember, I think it was Danny Baker, I think Shane Ritchie did it for a while as well, the Daz Doorstep Challenge. Do you remember that? Early 90s? And they would ring on someone's door and they would go and get one of your whites out of the washing machine. So you pulled it out. And, oh, look how sparkly. You must use Daz. Oh, yes, you do. Wonderful. And so often in these adverts, you got this contrast. A white shirt done by arrivals looks whitish, but this sparkling Daz shirt. You see, there's a contrast, isn't there? You see, initially, one done by an ordinary washing powder looks white, doesn't it? But when you see it in comparison to the Daz one, well, that's dazzling white. And that's the old and the new covenant right there. The old one's glorious, but when you hold up the new covenant, it's far more glorious in comparison. Why? Because the new covenant, the promises found in Jesus bring life through the Spirit. There are a couple of things I just want to to focus on as we conclude uh, this passage, looking at this passage. The first is what Paul goes on to say about those who continue in the Old Covenant. Now, remember here that Paul is, is specifically thinking about the Jews in this passage, those who follow the Old Covenant 
the old way of the law. Well, Paul says that because of the hardness of the hearts of the Jews, there was like a veil covering their eyes. And they can't see the truth that the old covenant points out our sin, and that only Jesus can actually pay for our sin and bring us life. And Paul says that there are some who who read the words of Moses, the old covenant, and yet their hearts are, are covered with this veil, and they don't understand the truth. Because, of course, it's only Jesus who can take away the veil. Now, the reality now is the Jews, of course, but the reality is that even in our day, there are some who are trying to live out their life by being a good person. But the reality is that none of us are good enough. Only Jesus is. And only Jesus can take away the veil from our eyes so that we can truly see God and so that we can truly know freedom and truly know life. Now, if you're here tonight and you know that something is missing in your life and you think that it's about being a good person that will get you into heaven, well, you're mistaken. Pray that God will take away the veil from your eyes so that you might trust in Jesus. Now, if you think about it, Paul had personal experience of this, didn't he? What happened with Paul? Paul was a Jew. What was Paul doing? Persecuting Christians. Why was he persecuting Christians? Because he thought they were going the wrong direction. He thought that Jesus was a fraud. He wanted to follow the way of Moses. So as he's on his way to Damascus, he's wanting to persecute Christians. What happens along the way? Jesus meets with them. Jesus speaks to him. Paul, why are you persecuting me? And what happens to Paul? He becomes blind for three days. And it's only when Ananias the prophet comes to him, lays his hand on him, that things like scales fall from Paul's eyes. So that not only can he physically see, he can spiritually see. It's as though the veil has been lifted. And it's the same for us, isn't it? If you think that it's being a good person that will save you, you're mistaken. Pray that God will take away the veil from your eyes so you might trust in Jesus. But the second thing is this. If you are a Christian here tonight, are you not so grateful that the Lord has taken the veil away from your eyes? Are you not so grateful that he has shown you the truth? What a wonderful, amazing privilege that is, something that we must never take for granted. And Paul makes that clear at the end of this passage. Because if we've had the veil removed, then we can see. And more than that, we can reflect the glory of the Lord. And the question at the end of the passage is, are we reflecting the glory of the Lord? Because as we trust in Jesus, we are changed, aren't we? We're changed from the the inside out. We become more and more like Jesus as we are changed by the Holy Spirit. And yes, we sometimes make mistakes and we go down and up and down and up, but hopefully the way is on 
the way up, isn't it? As we're conformed to the likeness of Christ. And you're a witness to God. And when people look at you and see your character, they ought to see that you're different. That you're not just a good person, but you're a godly person. Because God has changed your life. See, I'm sure we've all had that experience where we've, we've met someone. And we just think, do you know, something, something different about them. I just, just wonder. I wonder if they're a Christian. And then we find that they are. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Because the reality is, trusting in Jesus changes us. Changes us for the better. Changes us for the good. And we begin to reflect the glory of the Lord. So if you're a believer here tonight, understand the glory of what Jesus has done. The new covenant is glorious. And the wonderful thing is, it will last forever. Last forever and ever and ever. And if you're a believer, give thanks that in His grace, God has taken away the veil from your eyes. If you're not a believer here tonight, pray that God will take away that veil. Pray that God will help you to see truly who Jesus is. That you might know forgiveness. That you might know newness of life. You see, maybe you're here tonight and you know something's missing in your life. You can't quite put your finger on it. You've tried different things. Tried to be a good person. Tried to come to church. Nothing's satisfied. It's because you're looking in the wrong place. It's about Jesus. It's about what he has done. It's about his death on the cross, paying the price that we couldn't. And it's about living by the Spirit. Let's be people as Christians who radiate the glory of the Lord as we are changed into the glorious image of Jesus. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Lord God, maybe it's uh, the experience in our lives that we have traveled from the old and we've traveled to the new. And maybe we recognize in our lives that there have been times we've tried to be a good person and yet we've failed. There's times we've tried to rely on our own strength for our own salvation, but we have failed. And the reason that we have failed is because that's not the way to go. Because the whole gospel message, the whole good news, is that we have a new covenant. That Jesus came into the world for sinners. That he laid down his life for sinners. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Father, as we look at this passage this evening, we pray, Lord God, that we might be new covenant people, that we would be excited about all that Jesus has done. And that when we trust in Jesus, that we would know that change from the inside out as your Holy Spirit works in us. Heavenly Father, as we're gathered here this evening, 
if there's anyone here tonight who really doesn't know you, we pray that the veil would be removed from their eyes, that they might see the truth, that they might know you for themselves, that they might know your love, your grace, your compassion, that you are their heavenly Father and you want them to come into the kingdom. But Father, for many of us tonight, we, we know the truth. And we are so grateful that you have removed the veil from us. That we see truly who we are. That we are sinners who can only be saved by grace. But we are grateful that you are the one who's shown us amazing grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, as we understand all that Jesus has done for us, we pray that we might be a people filled with your Spirit who might radiate your glory. That as people in our community, among our families, among our friends, as they look at us, that they might see you. Because that is our desire, Lord God. That they would see the change in our lives. That they would see what difference you make. And they would want to seek that for themselves. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would be with us tonight. Assure us of your presence. Continue to sanctify us by your Holy Spirit. Help us to be the people you've called us to be. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.